Hello and welcome to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard. Thank you so much for joining us again. You know, opioid use and dependency has increased uh, during the pandemic. At least 9 million Americans suffer from SI joint pain, which can have a very dramatic impact on a person's quality of life and ability to conduct simple everyday tasks due to reduced mobility. Well, joining us here on the program is Dr. Noman Azim. He's joining us as a specialist in pain management. Welcome to Health Professional Radio, Dr. Azim. Neil, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to uh, discuss, um, you know, uh, some some new emerging therapy here uh, for patients with chronic low back pain. Pain management specialist, give us a little bit of your professional background, and then let's talk about pain tech. Absolutely. So, as you said, Dr. Dovinazim, I'm a double board certified interventional pain doctor. Um, I have board certifications in both physical medicine and rehabilitation, where I practice some sports medicine, as well as interventional pain. Um, and so my practice and, and my philosophy essentially is to provide long-term pain solutions um, for patients uh, without the use of opioids or minimal use of opioids at best. Uh, and for patients suffering with low back pain specifically, which is literally 80% of the United States population will experience some type of low back pain in their lifetime, it, it's, it's really debilitating and, and a real um, uh a monetary deficit for for the country. The healthcare cost for treating low back pain is astronomical. Is all lower back pain related to the SI joint? No, I would say, uh, and, and you kind of touched on this. About nine million uh, Americans that we know of suffer with sacroiliac joint pain. So low back pain uh, can have multiple pain generators. In fact, to appropriately identify the sacroiliac joint as a uh, pain generator. It does take a, a good history and physical examination by the practitioner. Um, and, and patients that have had uh, low back pain for quite a while and, and failed conservative measures such as uh, physical therapy, injections, um, things like that, and even non-steroidal anti-inflammatories and, and medications that are non-opioid or opioid-based, those are the patients that you want to keep an eye, for, eye out for. Um, patients with previous lumbar fusion uh, surgeries, patients that have had uh, trauma, um, specifically a fall in the buttocks, um, patients with a history of scoliosis, younger patients, uh, female patients that are postpartum. Uh, we know that the pelvis expands uh, during labor and delivery specifically, and sometimes you get some laxity in the ligaments around that joint and can, uh, can become painful over time. And even patients that have chronic hip joint pathology, just the changes in the gait and way you walk uh, can really start breaking down that thick really uh, So, So there's a lot of patients out there. It's really just taking the time uh, with the patient, getting a good history, doing good physical examination. Um, typically, what we our algorithm in terms of treating this is, you know, we want to make sure that the conservative treatment has been met. So again, physical therapy, Two injections into the joint minimum. Uh, so you want to do steroid injections, or you can do nerve block in order to uh, properly identify and confirm uh, the sacroiliac joint as a true pain generator. What we usually look for is about 75% or more than 75% relief with each of those diagnostic injections. And then we can start moving forward to something like the, the length. Just to be clear, where is the SI joint and how is its movement restricted by certain conditions? Sure, that's a great question. 
So the sacroiliac joint is, is essentially a joint of the pelvis uh, in the posterior aspect of the pelvis. So it joins the sacrum uh, with the uh, iliac bone or the ilium, and it's, it's immediately below the lumbar spine. And so typically when you have degenerative changes in the lumbar spine, or again, one of those other indications that I've mentioned, um, you know, you can start getting inflammation um, and, and recurrent inflammation in the sacroiliac joint. Now, the sacroiliac joint itself, the joint that really doesn't provide that much movement. Uh, in fact, in females, it's about two to four degrees of uh, a rotational movement called mutation. And in males, it's about one to three degrees. And it's really instrumental in pelvic tilt. And that's incorporated in your gait when you're getting in and out of chairs or in and out of the car, mm -hmm. uh, going up steps or coming down steps. So again, it's a subtle movement, but it's very important in our daily movements and uh, activities of daily living. Are there degenerative conditions that are more severe than others, or does any level of degeneration in that specific joint cause the same level of discomfort? Uh, again, another great question. So but I'll tell you, joints in general, including the sacroiliac joint, uh, you can have degenerative changes and not necessarily have a painful joint. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's where that, again, good physical examination are very important. In fact, with the sacroiliac joint specifically, there are specific provocative uh, maneuvers that you can do to try to confirm uh, the, the, the sacroiliac joint as the uh, primary uh, pain generator. In fact, you also want to rule out uh, other generators, uh, pain generators, like the joints of the spine called facet joints or spinal stenosis or uh, radiculopathy, meaning nerve root related pain. So you want to make sure that you're ruling all those things out as well with your physical exam and history. Um, but when it comes to an inflamed joint, um, it's not just necessarily the joint itself. It's also you end up having a sacroiliac joint dysfunction or a syndrome in which, you know, you have pain coming from the joint itself. You have pain with the, the ligaments and the tendons surrounding the joint as well. So it can become pretty unbearable. Now, I do understand how opioids can relieve much of that type of pain, but Pain Tech has developed a product that is going to reduce that pain significantly without the use of uh, opioids. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct. In fact, uh, the way that Pain Tech works is it actually stabilizes that joint. Okay, So you're talking about a minimally invasive procedure that's an outpatient procedure, small incision, and you're uh, essentially um, stabilizing that joint by inserting uh, a bone dowel, a bone graft in there. Um, and what happens with this is that when you get that stabilization of the joint, that that essentially generator of pain that, that the patient is feeling is eliminated. Uh, and, and really patients, I mean, you know, everybody varies in terms of how quickly they'll feel relief, but it's a very short period after the uh, after the procedure where the patients are feeling pain. I've had patients really literally the next day coming into my office and, and dancing in the lobby because they feel so much better. So it's a real game changer in terms of um, how much relief patients are getting and then not having to rely on things such as opioids uh, afterwards. Um, there's actually a clinical study, um, there's multiple studies, but there, we have a clinical study that's been published already that actually confirms the significant uh, reduction in pain, uh, increase in uh, functionality, as well as decrease in the, the uh, use of opioids following the procedure. Uh, I was involved in a case a series where we actually um, uh, documented uh, the effective improvement of the quality of life in patients following um, the use of the LINK product. 
Uh, and currently, we're involved in a large multi-center perspective clinical study, uh, which is going to also uh, confirm both the safety and the efficacy, as well as things like functional improvement and patient satisfaction uh, following the administration of the link. Is this similar to what a shim would do, say, in construction? Uh, that's an interesting uh, analogy. Um, you know, so what we're trying to accomplish with this is, again, um, and, 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 you know, SI joint fusions, for example, have been around for many, many years, okay? Mm -hmm. And the idea is to find something that is going to reduce that micromotion in that joint that, that causes the pain. Okay, so we're not trying to completely eliminate anything in terms of the complete fusion of the joint. We're really trying to stabilize it. And, and when you have a procedure that's going to be minimally invasive uh, with minimal potential adverse effects um, and still be as efficacious as, you know, bigger surgeries that fuse that joint, um, then it's a win-win for everybody involved. Where can our listeners go online and get some more information about pain tech and the link uh, procedure? Yes, I think that the uh, most robust amount of information is going to be on the website for pain tech, which is paintech.com. That's P-A-I-N-T-E-Q dot C-O-M. So paintech.com. On that website, not only will you have uh, patient testimonials, you have information about the procedure. You'll have testimonials from uh, physicians as well, as well as just a background on everything that we discussed today about the sacroiliac joint, um, dysfunction of the joint, and if that may be an appropriate procedure for you to, to seek out. Uh, you'll also have um, uh, physicians on there that you can actually um, be in touch with in your local geography in order to find out more about this procedure. I do appreciate you joining us here on Health Professional Radio this morning, Dr. Azim. I'm hoping that we'll uh, speak again, and um, I'm hoping that you'll have a great rest of the day and a great rest of the week as well. Thank you so much. Thank you again, Neil. I appreciate it. You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard, in conversation with Dr. Noman Azim. Audio copies of this program are available at hpr.fm and healthprofessionalradio.com.au. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, listen in, download at SoundCloud, and be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com health professional radio.